Um, right through the day at different services, um, we've prayed for David and Hillary, and we, um, we've had different groups praying um, for them at, at 10 o'clock this, this morning. It was, it was people who had come to faith recently um, through the ministry in this place, and they prayed with them. And at, at 11.30 service, it was the, the vestry and the staff team um, that prayed with them. At 5.30, it was some of our older folks and prayed with them. And as we finish tonight, David and Hillary, can you please come up uh, once again? Uh, and as I mentioned earlier on, and part of my own story, that the calling to faith uh, and the calling and the equipping and the encouraging into ministry. There's uh, some folks here tonight, David, who have been part of the ministry in Willowfield um, over the years, and some that I've actually been called, you've, you've identified and you've sent out from this place into ministry. I'm going to ask them folks to come up. Uh, where are they at? They all know where they're at. Come on. Don't be shy. These folks are going to pray for you um, tonight. Lord, we thank you that you are God of the journey and that you travel with us uh, through those high places, through the low places and through every place in between. Um, and Lord, we thank you for how you've equipped David and Hillary, how you've um, allowed them to flourish, how you've allowed them to blossom and to see seeds grow in this place, Lord, um, to see people grow in faith and in life and in ministry. And Lord, I thank you um, from my own heart, and I know I speak for, for those that are here, Lord, I thank you for how you call out something in people, how you uh, help people see something in themselves maybe that they never saw before, um, how you um, equip people, how you encourage and empower them, and how you walk with them. And I thank the Lord that you are now in a, in a position that you can see that on a wider scale. Um, throughout our diocese and throughout our church here in this land. Um, so yeah, Lord, we thank you for how they, they call out people into a life of ministry, whether that's in church or mission, but also people whose full-time ministry and mission is their, their workplace, their, their home, their family, their friends. Um, Lord, we thank you for that. We pray you would just commission David and Hillary now um, just to go forward to take this next step to... Um, Raise that foot with a firm assurance that you have land there for it to land on. Um, Lord, that you go with them. We pray you would just guide them, um, be upon them and within them, fill them with a supernatural courage um, and patience. Um, just bless them and, your, and their family um, as they take this next step. And Lord, may they continue just to walk humbly with you and um, always seeking you first and putting you first for your glory. It's all for your glory, Lord. It's all for your kingdom, Lord, and we thank you. Bless you. Oh, Lord, you have examined my heart and know everything about me. David and Hillary, the Lord goes before you. He places his hand of blessing on your head. 
Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for me to understand. I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the farthest oceans, even there your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body. You knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making these guys so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well we know it. This is the, the line that I had for you guys today. How precious are your thoughts about these two workers? How precious are your thoughts about David and Hillary and the McClay family? They cannot be numbered. We can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of the sand. And Lord, when they wake up, you are still with them. We thank you, Lord, for your presence in this family's life. And we pray your blessing over them that they will continue to be a witness for Jesus Christ in this place, in Ireland, in this nation, and further afield. Amen. Thank you, folks, and um, that's the folks that could be here tonight. If you want, when the service is overnight, over tonight, you'll see on the screen um, some little comments from the many people that actually have either been called to ministry in this place over the last 19 years, have been involved in ministry, and are now elsewhere. Please read that. Like they're, they're all over the place, so it was impossible um, to get them all here. Um, but thank you, uh, guys. Just um, when you're going out, there'll be a notice sheet. I really, really don't want to take much time in this. There's a couple of things I just want to highlight. Alpha starting this week. Um, and part of our, uh, our awake with, uh, with five little churches, um, we're having a 24-7 prayer from the 26th of January to the 2nd of February. We need people to sign up for that. There's a sign-up sheet um, at the back, it starts next Sunday, so we really do need to be able to sign up. The sheet um, is there at the back. And also, in the middle of that, on the 29th of January, we're having a half night of prayer um, here. But you'll notice sheet are at, the back, are at the back. Please get one um, as you're leaving. David, you're up for the last time as the rector of Willowfield. That's kind of scary. <coughs> Let's pray. Um, for David, and let's pray um, for ourselves as he speaks God's word over us and, and to us, and indeed into us tonight. Lord, we thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you that is truth. Lord, it leads and it guides. And Lord, I pray now as David, Lord, speaks out the words that you've placed in his heart for us tonight, Spirit of the living God, come. Lord, would you anoint him now to speak out these words. Lord, I pray for your authority now. Lord, I pray for your power. And Lord, I pray your spirit would fall as your word is spoken out. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
So um, this morning I spoke from the book of Acts, chapter 20, and sort of gave a charge to the two congregations this morning. And uh, this evening I want to speak uh, in a few minutes. I want to say some thank yous first, but then in a few minutes I want to speak from Ezekiel, chapter 33. Uh, I've never actually, I think, that I can recall preached on this chapter, but it was the passage that was used by the preacher the night of my institution, not here, but in Kilkeel, 30 years ago this week, okay? So uh, I just felt led to this passage uh, during this last uh, week or, or, or so, a little over a week, I've been thinking about this. But first of all, a number of kind of things by way of thank yous that I want to say. You know, a, a leader in a church can only lead if people follow. Otherwise, he's away off somewhere on his own like a, a lone ranger, and it's pretty lonely. Uh, so thank you, uh, those of you who have followed for a long time, those of you who are more recent in Willowfield and have been following uh, a direction of leadership for, for a shorter period. Thank you for being respectful and responsive to the preaching of God's Word. Not just my preaching, but the preaching of, of many others, actually, over the, the 19 or so years that I've been here. Thank you for your openness and uh, your willingness to embrace the work and ministry of the Holy Spirit, who is so for us, who so wants to bless us, and who has such wonderful gifts for you and for me and for his whole church. Thank you for heeding the challenge of God's word to go out in mission into these local streets and into this city. Thank you for taking the risks to do some of the crazy outreach things that we've done over the years, from giving away a ton of potatoes uh, to all kinds of other stuff that we've done down through many, many, many years. Thank you for your hunger for God and for his presence, his presence in worship, for God shows up and his glory falls and we encounter him and we, we meet with him and he transforms us and changes us from the inside out. Thank you for your responsiveness to that. Thank you when you've engaged in an invitation or a challenge or a prod to come and to pray whether it was the 24-7 prayer times that we had, the 40-day seasons, the 10-day times, and now there's another one coming down the track. Be there, okay? Don't make it difficult for the guys that are trying to get people uh, signed up. Make that a wee thing that you, that you do later. Uh, thank you for engaging in those opportunities to pray, half nights of prayer, uh, prayer walking. There's been some incredible times of prayer. I was laughing with the 5.30 congregation about the first 40 days of prayer that we had here during the season of Lent. And the church was so damp and cold. So we had the heat on uh, such as it was for the whole 40 days. And by the end of the 40 days, the inside of the organ was warped because it was so used to a, a, a damp environment that it, it, it hadn't really got used to, to heat over a 40-day period. 
Thank you for your fun and your friendship and your laughter and your patience. I want to thank Hilary for her, her love and her... Uh, uh, it's wonderful to be married to me, dear, isn't it? Uh, for her, her grace, her grace... Uh, for, what are you all laughing at? For her grace... And you know, our, our kids over the years and right up to the present, they, they do lots of stuff that none of you see uh, behind closed doors that just to be helpful and, and supportive in, in all sorts of ways. And now the time has come for, for me to, to move on. And some folks have asked, uh, what does a, a, a bishop do? Uh, well, can any of you tell me? Uh, but here's what it looks like in some ways. Uh, I have a role now that involves for caring for the clergy in all 74 parishes, in the staff teams in 74 parishes in, in this diocese. 111 places of worship at the moment. want that to be a few more. Overseeing and raising up of new clergy and, and leaders. The renewing of too many dying churches, and the planting of new churches, the encouraging of existing churches alongside uh, upholding, and you'll hear these words read in the ordinal and in the service of ordination if you're there on Saturday, upholding the unity of the church, furthering the mission of the church, protecting the church from error, and my responsibilities will include upholding godly discipline and working with the other 11 bishops in Ireland to see our church grow and also help and come alongside other traditions that together we can reach Ireland for, for, for Christ. Next Sunday, the service of ordination or consecration, call it either, is at 3.30. If you're signed up to come, come early, okay, uh, so that you get a really good seat. Come about half two, I'd say, okay come really, really early. Uh, it'll be a long sit for you, but uh, uh, come really early so that you get a, a, a better seat. Certainly arrive before 3.15 when I'm told the Lord Lieutenant arrives in and we all stand and sing the national anthem. It's going to be a whole new world to me, all of this. And I'll be ordained a, a bishop in the, in the church of God. I'll be back here for, for confirmations. I'll be back to institute a new rector at some point, hopefully later uh, in the year and back on other occasions as well. So thank you. Please pray for us as a family. Please pray for Hilary and I as we begin this new adventure and uh, this new challenge uh, in, the, in the weeks that lie ahead. By the way, if you really want to come on Saturday and you haven't signed up, if you go to the desk at the end, there'll be some invitations, just put down your name and I'll pass it on to, to some of the nice people at the cathedral door who will make sure that you get in with the invitation that you've got. So to God's word, I've been drawn, as I said, to this passage in Ezekiel chapter 33. So would you turn please to page 720 in these blue pew Bibles that we're now using um, each Sunday morning and evening. Ezekiel chapter 33, page 720 in our Pew Bibles. 
The word of the Lord came to me. Son of man, speak to your people and say to them, if I bring the sword upon a land and the people of the land take a man from among them and make him their watchman, and if he sees the sword coming upon the land and blows the trumpet and warns the people, then if anyone who hears the sound of the trumpet does not take warning and the sword comes and takes him away, his blood shall be upon his head. If he heard the sound of the trumpet and did not take warning, his blood shall be upon himself. But if he had taken warning, he would have saved his life. But if the watchman sees the sword coming and does not blow the trumpet so that the people are not warned, and the sword comes and takes any one of them, that person is taken away in his iniquity, but his blood I will require at the watchman's hand. So you, son of man, I have made you a watchman for the house of Israel. Whenever you hear a word from my mouth, you shall give them warning from me. If I say to the wicked, O wicked one, you shall surely die, and you do not speak to warn the wicked to turn from his way, that wicked person shall die in his iniquity, but his blood I will require at your hand. But if you warn the wicked to turn from his way, and he does not turn from his way, that person shall die in his iniquity, but you will have delivered your soul. And you, son of man, say to the house of Israel, thus have you said, surely our transgressions and our sins are upon us, and we rot away because of them. How then can we live? Say to them, as I live, declares the Lord God, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but rather that the wicked turn from his way and live. Turn back, turn back from your evil ways, for why will you die, O house of Israel? And you, son of man, say to your people, the righteousness of the righteous shall not deliver him when he transgresses. And as for the wickedness of the wicked, he shall not fall by it when he turns from his wickedness. And his righteousness shall not be able to live by his righteousness when he sins. Though I say to the righteous that he shall live, yet if he trusts in his righteousness and does injustice, none of his righteous deeds shall be remembered. But in his injustice that he has done, he shall die. Again, though I say to the wicked, you shall surely die. Yet if he turns from his sin and does what is just and right, if the wicked restores the pledge, gives back what he has taken by robbery, and walks in the statutes of life, not doing injustice, he shall surely live, he shall not die. None of the sins that he has committed shall be remembered against him. He has done what is just and right, he shall surely live. Yet your people say the way of the Lord is not just. When is it their own way that is not, when it is their own way that is not, that is not just? When the righteous turns from his righteousness and does injustice, he shall die for it. And when the wicked turns from his wickedness and does what is just and right, he shall live by it. Yet you say, the way of the Lord is not just. O house of Israel, I will judge each of you according to his ways. Amen. And Lord, I pray, I ask that your glory, that your spirit would come down upon us tonight. Holy Spirit, come. Come upon your church right now and speak life-giving words to us, we pray. In Jesus' name.
Amen. So as I said, I've been drawn to these verses. Uh, the late Dean Roland Hutchinson preached uh, from this passage when I was instituted into Kilkeel. Uh, a, a very fresh-faced rector, uh, aged 30. Wasn't I handsome back then? Still am, like, you know. Uh, and, and he speaks of the reputation of a watchman. And Ezekiel himself owns that responsibility. Basically, the watchman's job, the watchman's task was to warn people of danger that would be coming down the track. The follower, the true follower of Jesus, and therefore, you, if you're a Christian tonight, you're a watchman. That's what I want to say to you tonight. You're a watchman. And this church is needing to be increasingly set up as a watchtower that gives warning, that gives warning about danger coming down the track. The follower, the true follower of Jesus is always a, a watchman. He or she is always aware that people without Christ are in danger. And if they're without Christ and in danger, they're in danger of what lies ahead if they continue to live their lives without reference to God and without Christ in their lives, without becoming followers of, of Jesus Christ. The watchman needs to be constantly on duty. It's not a part-time role. He lives in the watchtower day and night. He's constantly on, on duty. It's part of his role to live his whole life as a watchman. The watchman must not only speak to give warning, but he must also ensure that action is taken to, to warn those that are in danger of impending judgment. Because without Christ in our lives, we are in danger of a, a life that's directionless, a, a life that lacks direction. And if our lives lack direction, direction, the right direction, we inevitably will end up going the wrong direction. We'll end up in a place of danger uh, and a place where damaging choices will cause us significant harm. We're also in danger if we're living without Christ or if people around us are living without Christ. We're in danger of the attacks of Satan and that we have no protection from those attacks whatsoever because he comes to steal and to kill and to destroy. Ezekiel here hears from God and he has a word for his hearers. It says in verse 1, the word of the Lord came to me. The word of the Lord came to me. He, he gets instruction from God. And we need to learn in the church today to take our instruction from God and from His Word. We need to learn to be those who are able to hear the still small voice of His Spirit and respond to that prompting and respond to that instruction as to how God would lead us and instruct us and direct our lives. And here, Ezekiel hears from God, the word of the Lord came to me, he tells us quite clearly. And the Lord instructs him to warn the people. I'll read the verses again, verses two to six. Son of man, speak to your people and say to them, there's the speech involved, there's speaking involved. 
If I bring the sword upon a land, and the people of the land take a man from among them and make him their watchman, and if he sees the sword coming upon the land and blows the trumpet and warns the people, then if anyone who hears the sound of the trumpet does not take warning, and the sword comes and takes him away, his blood shall be upon his own head. He heard the sound of the trumpet and did not take warning. His blood shall be upon himself. But if he had taken warning, he would have saved his life. Here it says this, and this is the challenge for you and for me tonight. But if the watchman sees the sword coming and does not blow the trumpet so that the people are not warned and the sword comes and takes any one of them, that person is taken away in his iniquity, but his blood I will require at the watchman's hand. You see, there is responsibility that comes with being a follower of Jesus. There is responsibility that comes with being a Christian disciple, with being a watchman. And the responsibility is that we warn those of danger that might be coming down the track or is coming down the track. And anyone who hasn't given their life to Christ is in incredible danger. There is the danger of them living a directionless life, as I've said, and ending up actually destroying themselves even while they're still alive here in this world by, by making wrong choices. There's the danger that they're exposed because they're not under the protection and the covering of the, the blood of Jesus so the, the enemy can work havoc in their lives. And there is the danger of a lost eternity in hell rather than heaven with Christ forever. And the watchman or woman has a responsibility to warn, to speak out, to tell in your case this entire community that God has entrusted to this church along with your friends, your work colleagues, your family, acquaintances, strangers, your task now more than ever in the history of this church is to warn people around you of impending danger, of danger that's coming down the track if they live without Jesus. Son of man, I have set you a watchman, a watch woman, because we're given responsibility to make Christ known, to tell the story of Jesus, to tell the story of how the Lord Jesus has paid in full on the cross for salvation, for forgiveness, for, for cleansing. It's an incredible, wonderful thing that God did. It's a wonderful, wonderful thing that God himself should come down from heaven to earth and live a sinless life and, and die on a cross for me and for you and for everybody else out there or in here and those known to you and those not known to you. And he sets you and he sets each one of you and he sets me to be a watchman, a watchwoman. There's a responsibility that comes upon us when we give our lives to Christ. And it's the responsibility of the watchman to warn others of what we've just been rescued from. We've just been rescued from danger. We've just been rescued from 
an eternity without, without Christ. We've just been rescued and we've been saved and we've been made Christ's own and brought into his family. We've been cleansed. We've been forgiven. We, we're covered in the blood of the Lord Jesus. There's protection for us when we learn to put on the armor of God and to live lives as disciples of Christ. It's not that we're free from all harm and from all danger, but no matter what, Christ will bring good out of evil and Christ will bless his children. It's the watchman's responsibility. It's my responsibility now to, to warn church leaders in this diocese to, to actually engage with the mission and the ministry that's been entrusted and placed into their hands. And it's your responsibility to ensure that this church is a watchtower and to warn others and to speak to others and to graciously tell others about Jesus. Roland, when he preached this sermon, I'll never forget the evening, actually, because he was a kind of a fearless guy. And there was a lot of robe clergy, and he stared them, and he just, he just glowered at them. And he said, God has set you a watchman. And then I thought the bishop's wife was about to drop out of the chair when he walked over, and he tapped the bishop on the shoulder, the then bishop, and said, God has set you a watchman. Then he looked at the whole congregation. God has set you men and women as watchmen, watchwomen. It's our gift, our gift, our responsibility, our privilege, our privilege to be called to be watchmen and watchwomen, to be able to warn people of danger to come, to tell them of Jesus, to speak out, to speak out clearly but gently yet lovingly but, but firmly that Christ loves everyone, died on the cross for each one and wants to have a friendship and a relationship with each one. That he's a good God who cares about the circumstances of everyone. And we've got a story to tell. If you're there on Saturday afternoon, the, the last verse of the last hymn that you'll sing will be these words. Happy if with my final breath I might but gasp his name, preach him to all, and cry in death, behold, behold the Lamb. And a verse or two earlier. Oh, that the world might taste and see the, the riches of his grace, the arms of love that compass me, would all the world embrace. If you have a story to tell, tell it. If you have a story to tell of how God has changed your life and healed and blessed and restored and done something special in your life, tell it. If you know the story of Jesus and his cross and how he died for you and how he rose again from the dead and how he's coming back one day as judge, how he's the king and lord of this world, how he heals the sick, how he blesses men and women, how he imparts gifts, how he forgives and enables us 
to be those who forgive others, how he transforms us and changes us for our good, for our good always, from the inside out. If you know the story, tell it, tell it, tell it. And find ways of resourcing those who are able to go places that you can't go. Make sure that they are given all the tools to tell it. I've said it before. Make sure that some of the staff here are resourced and that you've got those standing orders in place to make sure that those salaries are in place way down the track. And then pray, pray like never before that God would awaken this city, that God would awaken these streets, that God would awaken you to the more that he is for all of us. These 100 days are an incredible opportunity. They're exciting as these five churches, if you're not aware of what's going on, there's five churches in East Belfast, Orangefield Presbyterian, CFC, Strandtown, the Ulster Temple, and Newton Breed of Baptist and ourselves. And we're, we're coming together for or you're coming together, I can no longer say, we, well, you're coming together for, for five, uh, five churches for 100 days to pray in different ways. Get, get into that, get stuck into that, get, get dug into that and, and pray like never before. It's people's own responsibility to respond to the gospel invitation, but it's the watchman's responsibility. It's my responsibility, it's your responsibility to be the watchman, to be the watchwoman. Who makes sure that the lost are prayed for, that the work of God is resourced, and that the story of the gospel is told? Can you stick with it? Uh, the words of an old hymn that uh, there's only a handful of you that will ever have heard. It's been around for so long, but it's a great one. Rescue the perishing, care for the dying, snatch them in pity from sin in the grave. Weep o'er the erring one, lift up the fallen, tell them of Jesus, tell them of Jesus, the mighty to save. Though they are slighting him, still he is waiting, waiting the penitent child to receive. Plead with them earnestly, plead with them gently. He will forgive if they only believe. Down in the human heart, crushed by the tempter, feelings lie buried that grace can restore touched by a loving hand, wakened by kindness, cords that were broken will vibrate once more, rescue the perishing, duty demands its strength for thy labor the Lord will provide. Back to the narrow way, patiently win them, tell the poor wanderer a Savior has died. Speak to people about Jesus more than you've ever done before. Give so that salaries are in place and give like you've never given before and pray and pray for people that don't know Jesus. Pray for our city. Pray for our land like never before. We read in Ezekiel, so son of man, I have made you a watchman for the house of Israel, for Belfast. Wherever you hear a word from my mouth, you shall give them warning from me. Listen to his voice. Be in tune with the Spirit. Be able to speak God's word into people's lives, words of knowledge, words of uh, prophetic words, words of encouragement, words of challenge. 
And the prophet here continues, If I say to the wicked, O wicked one, you shall surely die, and you do not speak to warn the wicked to turn from his way, that wicked person shall die in his iniquity, but his blood I will require at your hand. But if you warn the wicked to turn from his way, and he does not turn from his way, that person shall die in his iniquity, but you shall have delivered your soul. It's an incredible privilege. Mission and ministry and evangelism. And you see, people talk about David McClay having a passion for the lost. You know, to be honest, to be honest, it's just a calling that's on every Christian's life to reach lost people. And you know, my heart's as sinful as yours and as empty as yours and as needy as yours, maybe more so. Son of man, I've set you a watchman, a watchwoman. It's such a privilege to tell others about Jesus, to lead others to Jesus. It's not a toil. It's a joy. It's a delight. Get alive and live a little more. Okay. You see, there's new people moving into these streets. God has set you a watchman. There's a new generation, a new generation of children that the drug dealers are targeting. Make them the church's tar- target, these kids, these young people. Make them your target your personal target, to pray for some of them by name and to actually make sure that there are those in place to engage with them if you're not able to do it yourself. And maybe you're meant to do it as well. So that men and women and children and young people are invited to a place of repentance and to a life of the privilege of following Jesus Christ. That's God's desire for people all around us. And if God desires it, God can do it, and it's our privilege, our incredible privilege that he chooses us. Verses 10 and 11, and you son of man, say to the house of Israel, thus have you said, surely your transgressions and our sins are upon us, and we rot away because of them. How then can we live? Say to them, as I live, declares the Lord God, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his way and live, turn back. Turn back from your evil ways, for why, why will you die, O house of Israel? God wants to rescue and save and heal and bless. Speak out more. Give more sacrificially. Pray more earnestly. Because there's no other way. Jesus said it. I am the way. He didn't say that there's a whole lot of other ways. He said, I am the way. What did I tell you? It's such a, a wonderful way. Such a wonderful way. Life is such an adventure when you're following Jesus. Now, it's a rocky adventure some days. And it's a challenging adventure. And there's tears in the adventure. And there's disappointments in the adventure. And there's challenging in the adventure. 
But who would want to be a boring non-Christian? Come on. Come on. It's an adventure. Lives are changed by Jesus. Communities are changed by Jesus. Cities are changed by Jesus. Dioceses are changed by Jesus. Lands and nations are changed by Jesus. The verses that follow are just Ezekiel's way of taking a little bit longer than what how Paul said it when he said, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. He says it a lot briefer. He was a shorter preacher probably than Ezekiel or David is, okay? Help people all around become conscious that yes, they're sinful and they need a savior but, and warn them, but enable them to trust in Jesus and come to experience his love. Say to the house of Israel, Thus have you said, surely our transgressions and our sins are upon us, and we run away because of them. How then can we live? Tell them to turn to God in repentance. Say to them, as I live, declares the Lord, verse 11, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but rather that the wicked turn from his ways and live. Turn back, turn back from your evil ways, for why will you die, O house of Israel? Everyone out there, and if there's any of you in here who haven't yet given your life to Jesus, stop wasting time. Life's too short. You're missing out on weeks and maybe years of this adventure and challenge and opportunity. Right here, right now, tonight, give your life to Jesus Christ. Right here, right now, tonight, give your life to Jesus Christ. The prayer ministry team will be here uh, to, to, to just to, to guide you through that uh, step of following, beginning to follow Jesus. If you are following Jesus, imagine other lives changed, cities changed, nations changed by, by your speaking it out, by your paying or giving, by your praying, by you and I getting to play a part in communities being transformed and changed. Ezekiel captures it in verses 14 to 16. Although, again, though I say to the wicked, you shall surely die, yet if he turns from his sin and does what is just and right, if the wicked restores the pledge, gives back what he has taken by robbery, and walks in the statutes of life, not doing injustice, he shall surely live, he shall not die. Stories told of when God moved in times past in the shipyards in East Belfast and other places that there were so many goods being brought back to the shipyard that the owners and the managers down in the shipyard had to say, look, I know you are all saved and you have all become Christians, but stop bringing back all the stuff that you have stolen over the years because we can't handle it. That actually happened. And, and dare we pray for an awakening in our land? Dare we pray and begin to speak out and be the watchmen and the watchwomen who actually tell the story of the cross, who actually declare that Jesus Christ is alive and well and risen from the dead. Yes, we warn that there's a judge who's returning one day, and we, we warn that there's danger coming down the track, but we offer the alternative. 
a God who rescues and saves. So Ezekiel says, blow the trumpet, sound the alarm. I'm told that somebody's brought a trumpet with them. Take it out and blow it if you want to, okay? Because it's over now to you. In terms of the streets around Willowfield, friends, it's over to you. In terms of the salaries that need paid, it's over to you. In terms of the prayers that God is longing, longing, longing to hear, it's over to you. Please stand. Verse 7. So you, son of man, I have made you a watchman or woman, a watchwoman, because there's probably as many women in here as there's men. Son of man, I have made you a watchwoman for the house of Israel. I have made you a watchman for the house of Israel, for Belfast, for these streets, for these streets all around the church in Willowfield. Son of man, I have made you a watchman. I have made you a watchwoman. Whenever you hear a word from my mouth, from the Lord's mouth, when you hear from him, you shall give them warning from me. Tell them of Jesus, the mighty, to save. Lord, pour down your spirit. Pour out your Holy Spirit, Lord. And I, I pray that this just won't be a, an evening where people have felt, goodness, he was kind of excited there tonight. But actually, Lord, please, 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 Lord, Pour out your spirit. Holy Spirit, please come. That, Lord, we would all engage. We would all engage in being watchmen and watchwomen. That we would hear, Lord, that when we don't, actually the blood of others is, in a sense, upon our shoulders and our responsibility when we deliberately don't. So, Lord, we would choose to deliberately follow Christ. We would choose to deliberately give our lives to Christ. And we would choose, Lord God, to deliberately tell others of Christ. I'm going to pray a prayer, and this is a prayer for anyone who hasn't, up to this moment, given their life to Jesus. Well, here's the prayer. If you want to become a Christian tonight, follower of Jesus tonight, if you want to start this adventure, right here, right now, here's the prayer. Just simply pray it, mean it every word. Lord Jesus Christ, on the cross, you died for sinners, and so you died for me. Lord Jesus Christ, I thank you that you love me and that you care about me and that you're for me. Lord Jesus Christ, I ask you now to come and live in my life. Forgive everything, Lord, that has been who I have been up until this moment. Wash me completely clean through the blood that you shed on the cross. Fill me and fill my whole life with your Holy Spirit from head to the top of my, the bottom of my feet to the top of my head. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. 
And Jesus, in your strength, I will follow you all the days of my life. I will seek to serve you. I will live for you. I will become a watchman, a watchwoman. If you're already a Christian, will you pray these words tonight? It's a prayer to just a fresh commitment to be a watchman or a watchwoman. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you've given me a story to tell. I thank you that you've done something so wonderful in my life that I need, Lord, to pass on to others. So anoint me tonight by your Holy Spirit that I would tell it out, that I would speak it out, that I would live it out, that, Lord, I would, from this night onwards, in a, in a new and in a, in, a, in a more, Lord, focused way, that I would pray for those that don't know Jesus yet. That I would, Lord, give so that, Lord, others are able to do the work of ministry, Lord, so that others get to be told in these streets. And, Lord, would you anoint my lips? Can I ask you, if you're willing, just place your hand right over your lips at this moment. And pray these words after me, Lord, anoint my lips to speak of Jesus again and again and again and again and fill my heart with a passion to become a watchwoman, to be a watchman in this city where you place me in this land, in my home, where I will be tomorrow and this week. Make me a watchman. For Christ's sake. Amen.